Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Welcome, 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 Newsbusters listeners. You are listening to the Newsbusters podcast. You've made it. We're here to start another week with you together. Uh, Boss Tim Graham will be back on Wednesday. So in the meantime, that means another episode of your managing editor that's me curtis alk along with my usual co-pilot partner in crime your associate editor nick night train fondacaro nick how goes it going good how's everybody doing out there we're doing good uh hope everybody had a good weekend uh college football getting started uh uh, preseason wrapping up for nfl yeah exactly my my jets are three for three in the preseason it's only the preseason it's okay it's well we beat the giants yesterday so that means we get snoopy as our mascot for the year annual bragging rights that's always it's always good so uh we have a lot of issues to talk about the news was kind of slow this morning because of artemis the launch uh but as we've seen over the last couple decades nasa can't do anything particularly well other than spending tons of money going billions over budget with their busted leaks. So the media are trying to figure out what they want to do with their day because that was supposed to be a big thing. And now it's uh, not there. We're, they're no longer going to the moon. They're not going to the moon. We're wondering if we could just ship them to the moon and, and not come back. Uh, a lot of people we're talking about today should probably go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, or go back to Mars where they came from. Uh, so, so today... <laughs> Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about something, it's a little phrase called, stop trying to make fetch happen. And that is what the liberal media have been trying to do with the issue of abortion. We see this over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I believe we may have talked about it on a previous episode, how the Democrats, uh, supposedly have momentum and a roadmap to win the midterm elections by making abortion the big issue. Uh, before them. We saw that last week in New York with a Hudson Valley seat uh, with Pat Ryan being a very creepy middle-aged white guy obsessed with abortion. As our friend, the factual prep likes to say, yes, it's very creepy when guys like that, that's all they want to talk about uh, when it comes to politics, but to each their own. It's like Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin's big issue was abortion. Right, gee, I wonder why. Hmm. Google Jeffrey Tubin and abortion. See what you get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so the liberal media have been trying to really make this a big thing. Uh, so this morning on CBS Mornings, they their latest battleground tracker result based on their generic congressional ballot and polling suggested that Republicans would only have a couple less than 10 seat majority, I believe, if the midterms were held today, which is absolutely preposterous. Um, and that abortion was a really big issue, has become a really big issue for voters. Uh, let's play a clip of that and take note of the part where they talk about white women. Back in July, John, after talking to voters in all these congressional districts, we were seeing Republicans with a lead to take control of the House. You need 218, they were at 230. But in our latest estimate, again, talking to voters in all these districts, Republicans go down to 226, so a little bit of momentum there for the Democrats back the other way. 
And where is that coming from? And I'll double load this question, which is last week we had primary races and, and a special election, which abortion favorite was a very important issue. Is that coming up in what you're seeing? Yeah. And in those races, the Democrats overperformed their numbers from the past. And look at this in the poll. Likely voters are more likely to say they're going to the polls to support abortion rights than to oppose them. And that is accruing to the Democrats. That's number one. And then the other big part of this, John, I'll show you, is that Democrats are making some gains among key groups, including among women voters, including among women voters. They have risen in support with including white women with college degrees up from 45 to 54. So it's not only it's a motivating issue for them. It's not just they're they have an opinion about abortion. It's actually changing the way they believe about this election. Democrats now say it's the most important thing. See, the thing about that, though, is that's already the key constituency of the Democratic Party. I mean, Nicole, that's Nicole Wallace territory. Nicole Wallace is the Democratic Party base. You know, I, I really don't think people in Iowa uh, with surging like you know, grain and feed prices or Nevada where tourism has taken a huge hit uh, because of COVID really think abortion is now going to be the number one issue. Voters, when given the chance, you know, New Jersey and uh, Virginia were given the chance to vote last year uh, for their statewide officials. But otherwise, other than, you know, maybe some school board races, the voters have not been given the chance to have their say about how the last two years have gone. Yeah, like liberals in general have always been claiming that Republicans were going to take away their the rights and stuff like that. So like the, their outrage and sort of uh, mobilization on the issue is, is sort of at a maximalized point, you could probably argue. So the idea that suddenly they're just going to get this is, is a big thing. And they're, they're sort of trying to sort of... In a way, it's it's almost like they're trying to tell Republicans, it's like, don't uh, like don't don't go out because don't go out on election day because it's going to be big. Your your red wave is going to be blunted. You're gonna it's going to break on the the abortion issue. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so spoiler alert: the congressional ballot has always been slightly to the Democrats. It's just been a thing. Uh, part of the reason I think for that is a lot of liberal congress. One, a lot of liberal congressional districts are. There's a lot more districts I think that are extremely democratic, hard left because you have the ones in major cities. Mm -hmm. um, even if there's more Republican districts in general, you're gonna the the Democrat districts are darker blue. Um, and also, as we've learned since 2016, people lie to pollsters. Republicans, conservatives don't really trust the pollsters and don't trust the media, so they don't really participate. Um, so they tell them to go pound sand or they just don't, again, participate at all. Uh, so they always have a slight lead. So anytime Republicans actually have a lead in the uh, generic ballot, that's kind of a big deal. So uh, we had this last week. Uh, there was a poll showing uh, with NBC News that Republicans led 47-45. Um, up from a previous 46-46 tie in May. And that led Jason Johnson and Bob Menendez's daughter, Alicia, to claim that uh, the GOP leading the poll proves voters love abortion. I don't, I don't really understand that. Don't really know how that works. And I thought this was the same poll that claimed that voters believe democracy is the most important issue on the ballot. So, mm -hmm. again... 
this is again as I was saying earlier, a story, an example of stop trying to make fetch happen. Number one, and B, stop trying to make issues out of thin air that don't really exist. And I pointed this out last week when I was on Newsmax with John Tobacco filling in for Greg Kelly, which is there's 435 house seats. So the fact that abortion was an issue in upstate New York, where in a state obviously where Republicans are at a huge disadvantage doesn't exactly mean a whole lot for the midterms you think in northeast pa just you know in the poconos that that is going to be the number one issue with matt cartwright or in florida with a lot of these new seats that were created or in nevada where democrats attempted a a democratic gerrymander could end up with all four seats going to republicans yeah uh so i i i think and again, this is only August 29th, Mr. Fonacaro. So I mm-hmm. believe that things can change, as we saw. And it only takes one issue. And Biden has been on such a decline, as we talked on Friday's show, since Afghanistan. I, and I would just say that one thing I didn't mention on that show, finally, was I think that was a huge turning point, an example of why where the media can do good and where the media... Um, when they do their jobs correctly can be effective uh, because they were outraged about that story as well. And actually it makes our point that you can hate the media more because when they do, when there's issues like that, that they're capable of doing their jobs and capable of seeing perspective uh, and knowing what really matters and cutting through. So when they're on this little tangents, personal tangents about how much they love abortion and um, you know, you've got, Anthony Salvanto trying to say that abortion's a really big deal, or Kristen Welker, Joy Reid, all saying it's a really big deal, then you realize it's just such a joke. It's such a crock. Yeah, and they're, they're, the media's really want, they really want that to be sort of like the narrative going into the midterms instead of the economy and instead of inflation. And you, you saw it on Face the Nation yesterday on Sunday where you had Major Garrett speaking with DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison, and he literally asked him when, when history writes the chapter for the 2022 midterms, what is going to be the bigger the big issue the economy or abortion so like you're 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 t- asking this of the democratic chairman of course he's going to say abortion and not the economy because the biden and the democrats are abysmal on the economy mhm mhm completely underwater exactly and completely underwater when it comes to uh, how they're doing and you had jamie, jamie harrison was on with joy reed on friday basically they're them teaming up to claim that the republicans were quote misreading the landscape about like what the the midterms are going to be what's what the re- the referendum is going to be for the midterms and that again they're just really trying to push the abortion thing home and the, they're basically trying to instead of just misread the landscape on their own, they're just trying to reshape the landscape, bring in some workers and redo the landscape and rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Exactly. Because the the American people are not going to forget that, that the policies of Joe Biden and the Democrats are the ones that made them pay over $5 for gas through the roof for to put food on the table. Like they're not going to forget that. Like, like sure things couldn't improve by then in terms of gas prices because they're down now. Uh, ish and they're they're trying to claim inflation is going to come down even though today we're starting to see them trying to say a recession is here uh, a little bit but people aren't going to forget this like right. like it's it's only a few months old they're going to be like you turn things around at the last moment when 
when the election was on the line. Like, we know your policies want to make things more expensive, but then when an election come and you tone them down a bit. Right, and, and I'll just go back to the clip we played. I wanted to underline the fact that in the graphic that they had, midterm vote for abortion rights. Vote for Congress is, among likely voters, 41% to support abortion, 16% for abortion to oppose abortion and 43% not about abortion. They really underline the 41% of voters are going to vote to support abortion. Whereas then if you did the math, you realize that 59% of voters are either going to vote for pro-life candidates or their vote is not about abortion at all, which means it's probably about the economy. So again, they're, they're trying to cre- manufacture these sorts of things. And we talked about last week with Brian Seltzer saying goodbye to him that, oh, the New York Post and right-wing media created this Hunter Biden story. Mm-hmm. This, this is an example of the media trying to create a storyline. They're trying to manufacture a narrative to help support their side when really they should seek help because they're not coming to they haven't come to grips with the fact that their narratives have fallen apart um because people will realize that the inflation reduction act is not really a inflation reduction act green jean pierre's back out in front of reporters now and it's making the administration's so-called successes look like ripples um and we just have a, a number of other problems with the mar-a-lago raid as well and you know i think the other thing about abortion that people are forgetting is the fact that for years we went or for weeks we went through protests outside the homes of supreme court justices and how dangerous that was mm-hmm. um mary margaret olahan i have a piece up at newsbusters right now as our editor's pick blog she looked at a couple of these repeat offenders uh recurring guests outside the homes of these supreme court justices and let's just say they're not uh just squeaky clean geeky you know dangerous folks concerned they're not just like concerned citizens put that way um they're concerning citizens they're they're concerning citizens i like that (laughs) i didn't plan that that's very good uh yeah and and finally i just think you know one other point i'll point out from this is from nine days ago with our alex christie you know the gop uh was called fascist six times in 15 minutes on a tiffany cross segment and they said that Rose Demise proved it. Uh, Fernando Armandi, who uh, I guess is trying to one-up like Tiffany Cross and Joy Reid by just saying as many stupid things as he can, he's like very quickly becoming like almost like a Hispanic Steve Schmidt, where he's just trying to he just empties his thesaurus and he just says things that try to draw outrage uh, and draw clicks when actually they draw clicks for us and not for MSNBC. So mm-hmm. we're kind of actually fine with that. Mm-hmm. And some of our listeners might be a little bit sort of concerned where it's like, well, the Democrats on the media are trying to make the abortion thing an issue. Like we need to figure out a way to push back and fight back against the the narrative. And I should just add that pro-lifers, I mean, and the thing is, we talked about this previously on the podcast, disinformation about entopic and Mm -hmm. uh, miscarriages. Did you... Well, conservatives are not trying to criminalize this sort of thing. Again, the last thing I'll just say in the, you got on your thing, Nick, is National Review, Alexandra DeSanctis went through miscarriage laws in every single state mm-hmm. with a pro-life law yeah. to show that 
They are not the same. Yep, like, and, uh, they are not going to be charged. Catholic hospitals are not going to report you to the popo. That's actually one of the things I was uh, just, just about to get to, because uh, if, if we're looking for a way to sort of combat the media narrative, Rich Lowry of National Review was on uh, Meet the Press yesterday on Sunday, and he was he was confronting Chuck Todd and the rest of the liberals on the panel um, when they were sp- spewing that disinformation about the pro-life laws, particularly uh, specifically the, the law in South Carolina. Uh, we're going to take a listen to that right now. The first clip is going to be Chuck Todd sort of making his general statement about South Carolina and then Rich, Rowley coming, uh, Rich Lowry coming in and confronting him. Let's take a look at that. Well, it's funny you bring up the South Carolina incident. I want to actually play that lawmaker. Uh, he talked about this, this, this person you're talking about. Her water broke uh, at week 15. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, it was against South Carolina law for them to do anything about it. Every one of these laws has a broad health exception, not just life of the mother, but also physical impairment, including losing a uterus is obviously a physical impairment. And this, this woman in South Carolina did get her miscarriage care. Yeah, so so he has a point. He like Rich was like was right in it, like not in his face because that's not necessarily Rich's uh, uh, personality type. But he he was, he was basically pointing out that hey, all of these laws allow for have these the broad health exceptions, and he points out the fact that the woman in South Carolina did receive the miscarriage care completely contrary to what Chuck Todd said. And nobody on the panel pushed back because they know that that's the truth. It's a lie. And then we had a little bit later, uh, you had uh, PBS NewsHour chief uh, correspondent Amna Nawaz basically uh, try to counter him talking about how miscarriages are more common than we want want to talk about and how we always known that like in America there's a risk to having a child because of uh, miscarriages and stuff like that and he immediately like doing what you were saying earlier Curtis like he basically jumped in he didn't even let her like finish what she was saying and she he basically just put just put an, um, uh, an end to uh, what he called a misunderstanding, putting it lightly, but he said, but no pro-lifers, uh, he's saying no, pro-lifers do not oppose miscarriage treatment. Catholic hospitals that refused on high principle to perform abortions will care for miscarriages. Like that is a fact. And nobody pushed back on them, on them against it because they know it's the truth. Yeah. Where's PolitiFact? Ex- yeah. Uh, exactly. Where's PolitiFact? Where's Glenn Kessler? Where's Snopes? Well, Snopes is too busy they had some like weird thing that they're they're mm-hmm. too busy fact checking now. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a joke. I mean, because this is the exact thing that they would be looking at. This is an example of do they provide care? Do Republicans uh, oppose or support? Yeah, miscarriage care. It should be an up or down vote. You know, I mean, it's a very simple thing. Oh yes, yeah, so they're too busy uh, labeling DeSantis's so called book banning list satire. That was spread by Katie Fang, weekend MSNBC host, and Mark Hamill, among others. Uh, so, they're, so they're doing that, and they're too busy saying, "Oh yeah, that was just satire," and they're not looking at this when it comes to abortion. Um, exactly. If, if it is such a big issue in this election, you would think that our so-called fact checkers would be all over this story. You would think that's what they would, you know, be spending a lot of their time and resources looking at, and, and occasionally, but no. And occasionally you'll see a fact check. Like I have, I have seen some stuff uh, for the abortion stuff, but it's not the has the banners on CNN 
or MSNBC. Like these aren't these fact right. checks aren't the headlining things for hours on end on any of the liberal broadcast networks, cable networks. So like you're, you're not see, like occasionally they'll do a fact check, but it is not getting the headlines that they would get in just plastered wall to wall like a Trump fact check would be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's and, not quite the same. And Rich also uh, had some advice for Republicans campaigning, basically saying be aggressive in uh, aggressively put out the facts about what the laws are in your state, brush up on them so you can cite uh, paragraph and verse of these laws to show this is what we allow. This is that we do do miscarriage care. We do have care for if the physical uh, impairment of uh, that there's the a possible the, the life of the mother or e even more broadly the in case something could happen like with the the South Carolina case where she could lose her uterus, like that they will allow they allow for treatment to prevent that kind of physical impairment. And he's basically saying, just be aggressive. Don't let the Democrats uh, uh, dictate. If, if you're not going to be, if you're not out front and being aggressive with this, you're going to get uh, maligned and the your opponent is going to make the narrative about and just sort of smear you and just come up with all sorts of weird things. And that's sort of what Todd wanted. Because at the beginning of the segment where they were talking about mm -hmm. abortion, he basically wanted him to be like, oh, we you were once afraid that if... Abort the overturning of Roe went through that that could be it for Republicans and he's like mm. Rich was just like nah nah like I don't think that really anymore like <laughs> looking at the numbers basically saying it's like it could be but it could be a big change but it's it's not as big as we probably thought it would be right. so Rich was upfront being really uh, on offense as some would say. Well, and I, and I just have to take a pot shot here for a second. Uh, those that say uh, National Review is a bunch of cucks that they're on the side. Mm -hmm. Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, and they're a bunch of quitters. And, oh, my gosh, they're so terrible. They're, they're just such losers. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, National Review's. Uh, they, they had Adam Kinzinger on. The rumors on of National Review's demise have been greatly exaggerated. They, they had, they had uh, Kinzinger on later in the show, I believe, on uh, Meet the Press, and Kinsinger was going after Rich Lowry saying, oh, he's like an anti-anti-Trumper and yada, yada, yada. And we're just going after him. So like, they're, they're not friends. <laughs> right. They're not. I was going to say, and people, uh, this is a little pet peeve of mine, which is people, when they mention National Review, they'll mention like David French and Jonah Goldberg. They haven't been with them for years. Jonah, I think, is still published there once a week, I think, and it's this like syndicated column that appears in like the LA Times or USA Today or something maybe. But yep. like, they left years ago now to start the dispatch so I, again i don't know, really know what you're talking about here i mean maybe it's because they're not just pom-pommers i mean they're not like some other websites but i think the great thing about the internet is yes you can go to the federalist or american greatness and get you know more trump aligned coverage uh whereas national review yes it talks about trump a fair amount uh but also it's more about policies uh policy prescriptions and takes on the issues of the day and pushing back against the leftist nonsense and disinformation like this, which is also helpful. You have to go on offense as well. And I think that's kind of uh, what Rich Lowry and so many others do because they push back. And then they also point out the extreme position that others have taken, which our Scott Whitlock has written about today for the website. Tim Ryan was asked if he believes in a limit for abortion. Let's take a listen to that. 
I want to ask about an issue that has become central in this year's midterm races, and that is abortion. <clears throat> You're criticizing your Republican opponent for not supporting abortion exceptions. So I'm going to ask about your position. What restrictions, if any, do you believe there mm -hmm. should be on abortion? Well, ultimately, this needs to be a decision between the woman and her doctor. And of course, we don't support abortion at the end of term unless, of course, there is an extraordinary circumstance where, you know, you're eight months into a pregnancy and something very tragic is happening in that pregnancy where you, 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 you know, you, you have a room, you, you've bought toys, you have clothing for the baby, everyone's excited, you know, and then something tragic right. happens. That needs to be left up to the doctor, not to J.D. Vance or I, Ted Cruz or anybody else. Well, but That's as a, a very serious situation. But as a legislator, you, you have to have some idea of what you want to do when you're not a doctor. So should there be some restrictions when it comes to the law of the land? Well, you ultimately, I think the, the decider has to be the woman and her doctor. We can't account for every so single that means, scenario. It sounds like you're really, saying no restrictions. The, the so, yeah, so he's speaking to Dana Bash at, at CNN Say the Union. And it was kind of the RNC research tweet of this was kind of, you know, Dana asked her question. And then next to Tim Ryan, they had dot, dot, dot. It was because it was basically nothing. Yeah, um, he, he like looking at his face, like before coming <laughs> in the studio, I went and watched the clip and he looked like a deer in the headlights for such a simple question. Like, oh, crap. Oh, I don't know. What am I going to do? Guys, this Tim Ryan, your party says this is like the most important issue of all time. And you didn't have an answer ready? Shows how ridiculous this is. Um, and so that, and this also goes to Scott's point that he's written about as well, which is, why isn't this being done with more candidates on these like Sunday talk shows? Yeah, they want to sh show Republicans as the extremists for wanting restrictions, but they're not going the opposite way to show the extremists of like, we want abortion up until the moment of birth. Yes, a conversation will be had while the child is kept comfortable. Yes. To paraphrase Governor Blackface. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, again, that that's an example of... In that case, it's like afterbirth. <laughs> yeah, by, and this is biased by omission, I think. Uh, which is oh, absolutely. A, which is a key thing. Uh, you know. That's like Beto, one of our top... Beto, he's too busy with like... An inf he had some bacterial infection. People are joking. It's monkeypox. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, stroke ridden. He's trying to abort guns. Yeah. He's too busy trying to abort guns. <laughs> it went wrong. Um, Fetterman. Hey guys, how's you going? You know, he's, he's too busy with oh, the, he, he can't talk cause he's got a stroke. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very similar to Biden where it's like elder abuse out there, just throwing them out there. That's, um, that's one of the things I was saying on Newsmax with the Fetterman thing. It's just like, no, nobody's asking, like they're going after Oz for like bringing the issue up, but then no one's asking the obvious question of like, is this good for Fetterman? Is this good for the state of Pennsylvania? Well, yeah. Why is Oz talking about it to begin with? Yeah. It, it's not just like out of nowhere. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's kind of silly. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and also one final thing I think we wanted to highlight uh, just real quick was, uh, our, as promised, as promised, our study from R. Scott Whitlock is up on the website uh, looking at coverage of Afghanistan. Uh, so... <laughs> that graph is something. Yeah, uh, to Gabrielle in our graphics department. Just, mm -hmm. wow. Oh, chef's kiss, home run. Uh, so it started with 409 minutes and 12 seconds in August 2021. Not surprisingly. 
Fast forward to July. This is just the evening newscast. Seven seconds. Seven, Seven seconds. seconds. So and then at the halfway mark, just to give you another benchmark without going all the way down the line, uh, January had 631. So we went from 409 and 12 seconds to 631 to seven seconds. That's that's pretty precipitous. Precipitous yes. decline. We uh, recommend you head over to Newsbusters and check out the graph yourself. Yeah, it, it's a good time. Uh, as in really depressing. Um, what are some of the other things we've got going on? I mean, we have a full wrap-up of uh, the VMA Awards. Oh, you know, one of the other things that the networks are, or the fact-checkers are talking about, our Alex Christie found this, Jim Acosta, he's just running out the clock, man. And we'll see what... <laughs> He's like asking to be fired at this point because he had a segment with Daniel Dale going after Herschel Walker. Things are getting so bad in Georgia in terms of the attacks against Herschel Walker that CNN had a segment asking whether he's lying about Raphael Warnock having a dog. Having a do you have a dog? Is he lying? Instead of asking the tough questions of like, oh, he's been a senator for about a year. And he's already doubled his net worth. Yeah, Chuck Ross over at the Washington Free Beacon has that story. We yes. highly encourage you to check that out. See, that's the example of like conservative reporting or just reporting. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even conservative. It's just basic campaign reporting that we're not seeing. Exactly. Why is that? You know, why is Mark Kelly only done really like one major Sunday, like major Sunday interview? About him as the senator. He granted he's done other interviews, but his wife Gabby Giffords has been there, and it's been more about her instead of him. Um, why is it that Warnock has avoided the TV? You know, is he knew the new Senator Yolo? I refer to Doug Jones as that uh, Senator Yolo. Instead of trying to win his seat, he just voted hard left because uh, he knew he was going to lose. So um, that's a really big story that I feel like there should be more on. Um, instead, we're t- again we're talking about abortion. Uh, so we'll have a lot more about abortion this week. Nick, do you have anything else before we uh, shut down? No, I think we're, we're just going to be looking uh, looking ahead for the rest of the week. And uh, Tim will be back on Wednesday and he'll be hosting Friday as well. And uh, we'll see what the rest of the week holds as the, we're wrapping up the summer here. Yeah, the, uh, the Artemis launch should be is supposed to be on Friday if they plug the leak in their... <laughs> plug the leak in their thing uh oh and finally just uh i believe boss tim graham will be doing a lot more of this but uh the mrc gala is coming up in less than a month so if you go to mrc.org slash gala you can get more information about that we are very excited uh to have uh, the gala return both nick and i have uh done a couple of these uh it's our first one since 2017 so if you want to meet us in person, come join us in Washington for a night of fun. It's called the Night of the Unwoke. Governor Christy Nome, Seth Dillon from the Daily or uh, the Babylon Bee, Jeremy Boring of Daily Wire, Larry O'Connor, Chris Plant, uh, radio talk show host, Cal Thomas will be there. Oh, Snerdly, um, among many others. Uh, a lot of friends of ours are going to be there as well. It's going to be a really good time. I think uh, mm-hmm. you're going to want to be there. Uh, it's a Wednesday night, so... We understand it's a little... uh, Here in the district. Yeah, here in the district, but uh, it'll be great. So, uh, as Boss Tim Graham likes to say, come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.